You're carrying around this old regret. Listen, God doesn't remember it. He threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. He has no idea why you keep saying sorry for the same thing over and over again. He's let it go. It's time for you to let it go. Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Thank you and praise you, Lord, for this time. Ask the Lord to bless it. Open up our hearts to receive your word. It's manna, it's bread, it's practical. We can use it this week. Lord, your word is also a seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts, and it grows us and produces life in us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know. Bring that life to word in our lives. In Jesus' name, prepare us for what's coming. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Today, I want to talk to you about letting go of some old things. Maybe it's an old belief system you've carried with you your whole life, and it's time to drop it and exchange it for what God says. Maybe it's an insecurity that you've carried with you your whole life, part of your identity. That's just who I am. Maybe it's a regret, maybe shame, guilt, maybe unforgiveness, or things that we carry with us, and now might be the time to let it go. Today might be the day that you walk away from that old thing. We're going to go to the story here in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 11. And Moses, it's been 40 years since the burning bush. He's led the people of Israel out of Egypt and parted the Red Sea, seen some great miracles happen. Now 40 years have gone by and God comes to him because the Israelites are thirsty. And God says to Moses, I want you to speak to the rock and water will come out of it. And so we're going to read starting in verse 17. Uh, Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice. Now, wait a second. God had said it this way. He said, take the rod that you have and take your brother Aaron, go to the rock and speak to it. But Moses struck it. In fact, he struck it twice. He used his staff and didn't do what God had said. Then it goes on to say, water gushed out. And the community and their livestock drank. Next verse. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust, say trust, Trust. because you did not trust in me enough. I asked the Lord, what is is this story? He brought me here. He gave me two words, I believe, for the church for 2021. And this is one of them. So this is for us, for our church family, for, for the year we're about to head into. And I said to the Lord, why trust? What is this about trust? You didn't trust in me. How does him striking the rock have anything to do with trusting God? He says, you didn't trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this community into the land I give them. He was trusting not in what God told him to do. Or in other words, he wasn't trusting in the Lord. But instead, he was trusting in his old faithful. The thing he'd been leaning on for 40 years. His old staff. That had been what he put his trust in. Bring out my whiteboard. Where's my whiteboard? We're going to draw a little bit today, and I want to talk to you about the things of old. Moses had some old habits. So we're going to draw our, our Moses here. He's a very bushy, hairy fella. And he's got himself a little robe here. It's a happy, there's a happy little tree over here, too. <laughs> got to have a happy tree. 
Maybe he's wearing some sandals. We can see his toes here. I don't know. I don't know why he has pants. That's probably not period <laughs> correct, but. And he's got his staff. And the thing about his staff that you have to remember is that he's been leaning on this staff for a long time. He's, his staff has been with him since the, the beginning. He watched the priest of Midian's sheep. That's where he met his wife. And she was there, and his staff was there since then. And then he, he had his staff at the burning bush. And, and, then, and then he said to the Lord, what if they don't believe in me? He said, well, what's that in your hand? It's my staff. He says, well, put your staff on the ground, and it will become a snake. His staff became a snake, and then he picked it back up, and it became a staff again. And we find that he also parted the Red Sea, where the people crossed across on dry land. It was that staff that was there for the Red Sea. He, he made it hail and rain, one of the plagues in Egypt, with that staff. He caused water to come out of a rock before when they first started, like the first year after they got out of Egypt. And then God said, hey, go to that rock. And they're thirsty. And, and he said, strike the rock with the staff. This is how we do it, God. This is how we do it. We strike the rock. Did God forget that this is how I do it? I've always used the staff. He, he won wars. There was a great army and a big battle. That's what battles look like. And there was like stuff and smoke and but, but he was up on the mountain, he had his staff, and they won wars with that staff. And then God was like, no more staff. I want you to speak to the mountain. What was God doing? He was, he was wiping the whiteboard, the picture. And I think that sometimes we get a picture in our mind like Moses did. He was like, this is the picture. This is how we've always done it. And we find ourselves at a place in life and we look at the picture. We go, well, that's not the picture that I wanted. That's not the picture that I dreamt about. That's not the picture that I don't remember. What is this picture, Lord? And God says, oh, I'm sorry. You're the clay. I'm the potter. And in order to give you a new picture, we have to let go of the old picture. And 2021, there are things that we can't take with us from 2020. There's been a great shaking in our lives and in our nation and our families. There's just been a great, everything got mishmashed and mixed up and everything went into flux. And there are things that God is saying, I want you to let go of. Moses, it's not going to be the staff, but I always use the staff. No more staff for you. I want you to use your mouth. It's not going to be about your, I'm painting a new picture. You see, the old picture was you're going to have to give an effort to get God to do things and you have to give a, you're going to have to do work. But the new picture is Jesus did all the work for you. And now I just want you to speak to that mountain and be removed and cast into the sea. But it's going to be about what you, what God does and not what you do. I'm, God's like, I'm painting a new picture for all of mankind right now. Put your staff down. And, and I remember when, when I was uh, a young, when I first met my wife, oh my gosh, <laughs> years ago, and, and uh, I had a, what, what they call a mullet. <laughs> and so they're going to put the mullet on the screen there. And how many know that the mullet was period specific? <laughs> there was, what decade, type it out online right now, the streamers, what decade do you remember the mullet belonged in? In the 80s, okay, and so this was, I was a child of the 80s, and, 
And so I brought my mullet into the 90s, though. I got married in 1993, and when my wife met me, I had a mullet, but now it's 1993 when I was getting married, and I still had my mullet. And she was fine with it. She was fine. It was no problem. But then, after we got married and she got her ring on, then the tone changed a little bit. <laughs> she called me in, and she said, listen, the mullet's got to go. I said, baby, but I've always had the mullet. Me and the mullet have history. I've had a mullet since I was 14 years old. I said, the mullet always worked. The ladies loved the mullet. I remember when I first got it, and the girls were like, ooh, I like the mullet. You met me when I had a mullet. The mullet works with the ladies. And she said, it worked in the 80s, but it ain't working no more. It's not coming with us to 1994. You're going to leave it in 1993. Praise God, we're bringing the mullet back, though. Somebody say amen. You see, there are things that worked before that won't work now. It's fine that it worked before, and it's fine that Moses had a crutch, and God let him have a crutch. He let him have something that he needed to lean on. But there comes a time when it's time to let go of the crutch. It's time to let go of the old things and leave them in the past. They may have worked up till now, but God's got new places he's taken you. I remember when I was a kid, I was, I was in a band, and we were called Tearful Soldier, and we had a singer who played the guitar. This, this is his guitar. And we had a keyboard player, and he was, he was phenomenal. He had his keyboard right here. And we were called Tearful Soldier. There was another guy that played the bass. And then there was me up on the drum riser. I, had, I was a drummer. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I had my drums, and there was me playing the drums. I started playing the drums when I was 14 years old with this band, and, and for years we played together. We, we were playing the bar circuit by the time we were 15. We were a Christian band, but we'd go into the bars and play. We were playing same stages as the Gin Blossoms and the Chili Peppers, and we were getting write-ups in the New Times. We were win every battle of the band we ever entered, we won. We were practicing three hours of practice three times a week. This was my life. These were my family. And, and I remember when I was 17 years old, I showed up for practice, and I'd been dreaming about the stadiums of people that we were going to play in front of and how we were going to be touring with U2 one day or something. And, and I remember walking into the old abandoned house where we practiced, and my band was breaking up. And I remember the whiteboard of my dreams just got wiped. And I was... I was heartbroken. I was like, why, God? You ever have this happen to you? You painted it all out. You know what it was supposed to look like. And then it got wiped. And you go, what just happened? Why did you let me waste years of my time and years of my life? This was me. Well, just draw me real quick here. I was a young man. Well, I think it's probably a little bigger than that, probably. Okay. Don't laugh at that. That's not funny. You know, I have to live with this. And it has to go in a mask, which, by the way, it doesn't fit in masks very well. You people with your little button noses, well, the mask doesn't bother me at all. Well, some of us have bigger noses than you, so. And then there I was, you know. I had some good little muscles there as a young man. Right, Cal? I had some muscles. No? You're not going to say anything? You remember? She's like, yeah, I remember those days. It's a long time ago, baby. 
and I had my drumsticks. And you know, sometimes what we do, what we lean on, becomes part of our identity, becomes part of who we are. And if you ask me who I was, I was the drummer in a band. I was a drummer and tearful soldier, and we were going places. And all of a sudden, one day, the Lord erased my drumsticks. Years I'd placed in that. And I said, Lord, why? What are, what are we doing? Why would you let this happen? Why would you let me spend years? Why would I have these dreams that you gave me in the night? Why? And then the Lord said, because... If you'd have kept playing the drums, you'd have never gotten to start to do what I actually want you to do. You're going to be a singer. If I'd have stayed in the band that was a drummer, I'd have never been a singer. And if I'd have never been a singer, I'd have never gotten where God wanted to take me. We can be in the middle of our big argument with God about why? Why, Lord, did you let this happen to me? What are you doing to my picture? And he was saying this, I can't have you taking drums into your future. It's time, it worked up till now, but it's not going to be where you're going. I'm taking you somewhere different. You're going to be a saint. But God, I can't sing. Oh, sorry, I couldn't take the mullet with me either. Well, better get rid of that. <laughs> I can't sing. And you hear, you know what the Lord was saying to me when I said, told him I can't sing? I can't sing. You want me to be a singer? I can't sing. I did want to be, I wanted to be a singer, but I couldn't sing. I, I can't sing. He said, I know. You're awful. But, but we'll work on it. <laughs> we better start now. So there was a lady out in the parking lot just uh, two weeks ago. She's out there again this morning. Just the sweetest thing. She said, hey, last week was my very first week ever. And uh, you, you had taught this message, but you kept singing in your message. I don't know if you remember this. I was singing a lot in a message a couple weeks ago. She's all, you could have been a singer. I think you missed your calling. I didn't have the heart to tell her. I was like, yeah, maybe I should have been a singer. Sometimes there's things that we have to leave behind so that we can go somewhere new. And there might be things that worked for you before, but they're not going to work for you now. And, and I remember saying to myself, when I was a drummer, I could never be the singer. I'm, I'm not good in front of people. I'm better behind the scenes. That's who I am. And I can't sing anyways. I'm a terrible singer. I have, I have no pitch. I have no rhythm. I have a problem. And, and then here's the thing. That's what Moses did. Forty years ago, God said to Moses, you're going to take my people out of Egypt. And he said, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe me. Why? Because don't, I don't even believe myself. He said, how, how will they ever believe me? And then God said, here's a staff. Let me see what's in your hand. That's a staff. Throw it on the ground, becomes a snake. God's answer to his insecurity was, here's a staff. Here's your crutch. Lean on this. It's going to be okay. Moses said, I can't even talk. I can't talk. You got the wrong guy. You know, he wins the argument with God about he can't talk. God first like, argues with him. He's like, well, I gave you your mouth. Of course you can talk. He's like, I can't talk. I'm not going to talk to Pharaoh. And then he's like, fine, just use your brother. Your brother's going to talk. So this is what God does. He says, 40 years later, take your staff and your brother Aaron. This is the staff that says no one believes in you. 
And this is your brother Aaron that says, you can't speak. These are your insecurities, Moses. And I want you to walk to the rock, and I want you to do what you said you couldn't do 40 years ago when you said, I can't talk, because it's time to let go of the I can't and no one believes in me, and it's time to talk to that rock, because I can't take you where I want you to go until you let go of these old things. It's enough of, that's what that staff represents. It represents the things that I can't do, that I I call them identity weaknesses. It's when my weakness became a definition of who I am. Well, pastor, I'll, I'll just never, I'll never be the sort of person that can lead. I'm just not built that way. Pastor, I'm not the sort of person that's organized or detailed. That's not me. I, I, I can't, I can't be in the, I can't, I can't, this is not who I am. I'm not like that. I've always been the guy who this, or I've always been the lady who that. We identify these weaknesses as though that's who, who we are, our makeup. But God's got somebody deeper on the inside of you, and his name is Jesus. And he can do all things. And there should be no can'ts and no... And and the other thing about that that staff is it's a a picture of accumulated history. It's a picture of where you've been and what you've been leaning on and your crutch and what you run to when you're feeling insecure and unsafe. When, When God called Samuel, he was a young boy, and he was laying in his bed, and God said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel didn't run to God, but he ran to Eli. He ran to the old voice, and he said, what, what, what do you want? It was the middle of the night call. It's that thing that shakes you and wakes you. And when you get shaken and woken, what happens? What do you run to? Because we can't run to the old voices anymore. We can't run to the old staff. Eli doesn't have the answer. He used to have the right answer for you, but God's got a new voice for you. He's got a new future for you, and it doesn't include the old things you used to lean on. You can't go back to the old voices because when he calls your name in the middle of the night and you get shook, and you get woke. You have to say, Father God, here I am, your servant. I'm listening. You're the voice in my life. I don't run to the old, but I run to the throne room. Come on and give the Lord some praise right now. And then grow out that mullet. What does it say? But now let the weak say, I am strong. And that's a, word, a rhema word for this church today. It's enough of saying that we're weak. It's enough of saying, and that accumulated history that we drag along with us, that staff that we lean on, it's, it's, it's accumulated full of the wounds. And it's full of the things that people said and all the grumbling that they had against Moses. It was accumulated history of the regrets that he would have had in his life. And so often we're carrying around these things, regret, old wounds, uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, right? We get around Christmas time and we start realizing that different people that we're going to see or talk to that we haven't talked to in our family, we find out, oh, I'm still bitter there. Oh, I still have unforgiveness there. I don't think I'll ever get along with my brother. I don't think I'll ever get along with my sister. I can't get along with my mother-in-law. You don't know what she's like. And we, we, we paint these identity weaknesses as though they're final, that nothing's ever going to change. And that's not healthy. It's better for us to leave those kinds of statements in 2020. Don't carry them into 2021. And it says this, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, this is what God's saying, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. When? Now. In this moment, things are changing in your life. Shall you not know it? Don't you know that things are falling off of you right now? 
I will even make a road in the wilderness. You might be saying, well, I'm just a wilderness. I'm the wrong guy. I'm the wrong girl. I'm just a wilderness. God says, I'll make a road in the wilderness. Yeah, but I'm a desert. He says, I'm going to make a spring. I'm going to make rivers in the desert. Don't you know that, that the thing that you thought you would never be good at, God could make you good at? He could unlock a gift on the inside of you right now. Well, I'll never be good at organization. Boom, he unlocks in you the ability to organize. I'll never be a good leader. Boom, he unlocks in you the ability to be a leader. Boom, he unlocks in you the ability to have favor in your life, walking in it every single day. Boom, he unlocks bravery and courage like you never saw before. Don't limit God in 2021. Drop those insecurities and move into what God has for you. Benjamin Franklin in 1737. There's a thing in psychology called the Benjamin Franklin effect. And they base it on this story that happened. In 1737, he was running for a small public office, and there was a man who got up and opposed him verbally, right in front of everyone, threw him under the bus, attacked him verbally, and it really wrecked Benjamin Franklin that day. He writes about it in his autobiography. He was wounded. He was scarred. He felt embarrassed. And also, he respected this man who had done this thing to him. He said he was an influential man, full of charisma, certainly going places, and highly educated. What Benjamin Franklin did? Later on that week, he sent the man a letter that asked him if he could borrow a book from him. Just ignored the whole issue. Hey, do you have have this book? I heard you have this book. Can I borrow it from you? Well, the guy sent the book by courier, and Benjamin Franklin promptly returned it a week later. Ran into the guy at a public square a little bit later, and they just got to chatting about that book. Wouldn't you know it, the two of them became best of friends. Benjamin Franklin considers it a divine relationship, someone who helped him the rest of his entire journey to get to his purpose and his destiny. In the same way, God has divine appointed relationships, people for you in your future. And so often we meet somebody who rubs us the wrong way, who on the first onset we feel like attacks us. You don't know that somehow God wants that person to be a key player in your life, that God brought them in your life. What's the key? Listen to what Jesus says about people who we don't initially like, who rub us the wrong way, who like, I'll never get along with a person like that. What did Benjamin Franklin have to do? He had to let go of his bitterness. He had to let go of that unforgiveness. He had to just let it go and choose to have a higher uh, mindset and a better attitude with this person. What was the fruit of that? A divine relationship. I remember when T.D. Jakes was was uh, he, he was preaching a message here in the foyer, and he said, the people that you typically don't get along with will be the ones who you can produce the most with. And he explained it this way. He said, they're complementary people. They don't think like you do. They don't act like you do. They don't like the same things that you like. But because they're opposite you, opposites produce fruit, is what he said. It takes opposites. A male and a female will produce children. In the same way, you'll find people who are very opposite to you, but if you get into partnership with them, if you begin to work with them, they'll open your eyes to things you never saw. They'll sharpen you in ways that you never knew you could be sharpened. He said, embrace the people who are least likely for you to get along with when you want to produce something. It was like hitting me in the the forehead with a ball-peen hammer. Because I, my whole life, have been like, well, I'll never get along with that kind of person. Well, I'll never get along with these. This is what we do. And we limit what God is trying to do in our life. We have to let go of those old thoughts. And, and here's the thing. When you hold on to these things, you can get stuck. Moses, you don't get to go to the promised land now. 
You know, Abraham was, he left uh, his father's household and his people and his country because God told him to, to go to a land that God would show him. But God told him to leave his family. But you know, he brought Lot with him, his nephew. So off he goes, and that's fine. God's fine. He's got mercy for those things when we do that. He wasn't mad at Abraham. He didn't, didn't curse him or something like that. But instead, he keeps blessing him. But it comes to a place where Abraham and Lot are in this land on the Jordan, and, and, and Abraham and, and Lot's men are all fighting, and they're having this big calamity, and all this drama is happening. And, and Abraham says, listen, why don't we go separate ways, Lot, me and you? You pick the land that you want. I'll go the opposite way. So Lot picks one. He picks the best land, of course. And then Abraham starts to go the other way. And then li listen to what it says in the scripture here in the book of Genesis in chapter 13 and verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Okay, this is a key for you. After the separation happened, the two went their separate ways. Watch this. Lift your eyes now. And look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, to for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So something unlocks when they go, the, when Abraham leaves Lot, something unlocks, and suddenly God says, hey, now that you're separated, now that you've let go of this old thing, now I can move you into, this is the same thing God was saying to, to, to Moses. You can't take the staff into the promised land. I'm trying to take you to the next promise. Here's the thing. You keep walking around Jericho, but you already defeated Jericho. But you're walking around Jericho and God says, what are you doing? Well, I'm walking around Jericho. This is how I won last time. Well, you're not going to won this. You're not going to won. You're not going to win this time the way you won last time. That was then. This is now. You did well and I blessed you up to this point. But now I need you to leave that toxic relationship behind. That toxic thing that you keep running to. That staff of insecurity that you keep leaning on. Your crutch. It's time for it to go. And then I can, see, sometimes we're waiting on God, and that's a good thing. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But sometimes God is waiting on you. I got the land ready. I got the, pro oh, wait till you see the good thing I have planned for you. Now, I need you to drop that thing right there. You can't take that with you to this because that's going to, you're going to be stuck. You got to let go of the, when my son uh, Christian was, a baby, we gave him a binky. I love the binky. How many love the binkies when they're babies? Right? It's just the, the, the shut them up cork. Just you shut, shut it, shut. And they suck on that binky and they go to sleep. But, you know, it comes in age. Well, you're too old to have the binky. Now it look funky. It used to look cute, but now it don't look cute no more. So he was in the sixth grade. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> No, he was, he was approaching three years old, and he loved that thing, and, and Kelly had been trying to get it from him, and he'd, he'd get so upset, and he'd, he loved it, and, but she'd been trying to get it. For, you can't take this with you into your next years. You, it's, you, I had mercy. You got it for now. It was, your, it was your staff. It was your lot. It was fine for then, but it's not going to be fine for where we're headed. And so one day, she finally took scissors, and she cut the end of it off. I don't know. It was the Holy Spirit genius. I, I, I don't know what happened, but she gave it to to Christian, and he put it in his mouth. I remember I was sitting right there, and, he's, and then he looked at it, and then he's, and he looked at it, and then, and then Kelly, she opened the little lid on the, the garbage, and he's like, threw it in the garbage. He was done. Off he went. Time to let it go. 
It doesn't get to go with you. And God's saying there's been some of you have been carrying a binky around, but the binky doesn't get to go to 2021. It's time to put the bink, take the binky out. That wrong relationship, that toxic thing in your life, that insecurity you've carried with you long around, that regret that you've carried around with you for so many years. Well, pastor, you know what I've done and that thing. And you don't even tell people. You don't even want people to know what you did. And you lug it around. You lug it into every worship service you're in. You lug it into every prayer that you pray to God. You're carrying around this old regret. Listen, God doesn't remember it. He threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. He has no idea why you keep saying sorry for the same thing over and over again. He's let it go. It's time for you to let it go. You've carried it with you till 2020, but it's not going with you to 2021. You'll never think about it again. When Elijah came and called Elisha to be a prophet, the Bible says that Elisha was driving these oxen and he was working this farm equipment and he was busy. But when he got that garment placed on him that said that you're going to be a prophet now, he walked away from the farm equipment and his ox and he was headed out with Elijah. We're going to be prophets now. And suddenly he stopped. He said, can I go say goodbye to my mom and dad? And Elijah goes, sure, go for it. He didn't go run back just to say goodbye to his mom and dad, but he actually ran back to his farm equipment and he busted it all up into pieces and burned it. And then he took those oxen that he used to drive and he cooked them and he gave them to the family and the friends. Here's some food for you go. I'm going to be a prophet now. When Elijah went up to be with God in a fiery chariot, Elisha became that next prophet with a double portion on his life. But you know what he would have been tempted to do? Go back to the old farm. Well, I just lost my mentor. I might as well just go back to what I know. But how many know he couldn't go back to the old? Why? Because he had burnt it. <laughs> it was gone. And so some of y'all need to not only cut it off, but you need to burn it. It's time for it to go and be gone forever. You'll never go back to those old things again. You're pressing on to the new. When a tree in the fall, when those leaves turn colors, they're not dead leaves. The leaf didn't die and that's why it fell off. That's not what happens. No, there's some cells in that leaf called abscission cells. And those cells begin to swell up and they cut off the chlorophyll to the leaf so that the leaf can't be green anymore. And so it takes on its actual color, the browns and the oranges and the beautiful colors. It's not a dead leaf. That leaf will not fall off by wind. It will not fall off because it's dead. The leaf falls out because those abscission cells keep cutting until it lets go of the leaf. And that leaf will then fall and die. If the abscission cells don't cut the leaf off, the leaf will die on the tree and become a hindrance to the tree. You ever seen a tree that didn't drop its leaves, but then those leaves get frozen and that accumulates the snow and the, leaf, the tree itself looks like it's just covered in death. That is not what God wants you to look like. It doesn't want those things that need to be let go of to die while they're still attached to you. But instead, you got to let them go. God's not ripping them off of you. Sometimes he causes the bonds to break. Sometimes he breaks the chains off of you. There are other times when you have to choose. When he says, take the rod in your hand, but speak to the rock. He's saying, I want you to make a choice. You're not going to trust in this anymore, but now you're going to trust in this. Let go of the old unbelief that you had. You used to believe, well, I'm a pastor. I'm the sort of person that will never go to church. That's just not... 
as a Christian, I don't need church to be a Christian. That's an old belief system, and it's worked up till now. But here's the reality. You're not going to be able to take it with you to the next place that God has. He's got principles in mind for you that say you need to be part of God's dwelling. You need to be in the army and the kingdom of God. You need to gather and worship and sing praises. You've got this mindset, Pastor, I'll never be a giver. That's just not the kind of person that I am. Let go of that old unbelief. It worked until now, but it's not going with you to 2021 because your Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Pastor, I don't buy that Holy Spirit stuff. I've been a Christian for 20 years and I don't do the Holy Spirit. That was fine till now. God had mercy for you and he allowed you to carry that staff. But in 2021, he wants to take you to a new land and he wants you to listen to the words of Jesus Christ who said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power. He's got something additional for you next year. Let go of the old belief systems. Let go of the old insecurities. Let go of the regrets today. Let go of your shame and your guilt. Let go of, un of bitterness and unforgiveness. Leave it on the ground. Press into what God has for you. 2021 is not going to be like 2020 because we're not taking the old things in. You know, and here's the important thing about those leaves when they fall to the ground. If they don't fall, they can't insulate the ground from the snow and protect the roots from the cold. The leaves fall and they actually protect that tree. Those leaves as they die and decay will nourish and replenish the nitrogen into that soil. It's all part of the process. A caterpillar, when it's about to turn into a butterfly, 80% of its body in the cocoon will actually turn to goo and liquid. It actually lets it go like it's dead. And then there's a certain kind of cell called an imaginal disc on the inside of that caterpillar that begins to reorganize all the goo and create beautiful colored wings so that caterpillar becomes a butterfly and can go to heights that it never knew before. In other words, when the caterpillar lets go of the part of itself that it needs to be let go of, it's used to produce the beauty. When the tree lets go of the leaf, the death is used to produce deeper roots and better soil and warmth for the winter. God will use what you're letting go of to propel you and fuel your future. If you'll just let it go, he'll take it. Like back to the future when that DeLorean comes back at the end of the movie in part one, and instead of needing lightning or, or, or plutonium to fuel it, he goes and grabs trash out of the garbage can. And he takes the trash and puts it in there and develops his gigawatts, the 21.2 or whatever it is, gigawatts. This is not a real story, I know that. But God is gonna use the garbage to fuel your future. So the worse garbage you got, the more you gotta let go of, the higher you're gonna go, the more beautiful your wings will be, the greater heights you will reach. Let me just pray for you. Thank you, Lord. I think we all know what our staff or our insecurity, what we've been leaning on is. And so Father, right now, I just pray as we let these things go, we're not dragging them into 2021 that you're unlocking new lands for us, wells we didn't dig, cities we didn't build, that Father God, it's not gonna be about by, by our own efforts, but it's gonna be by the confession of our mouth and mountain-moving faith. I thank you, Father God, that you're unlocking new opportunities in 2021. I thank you, Lord, as Pastor Kelly spoke, that prayers 
Father God, will have more power, be more effective in 2021. I thank you, Father, that you're taking us to new places, new heights, that you're giving us victory, that you're restoring all things to our life, giving us peace and joy and favor in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, shout out, I believe it. Amen. Well, thanks for watching. If you're not sure what eternity looks like for you, if you were to face eternity today, or whether you have peace with Father God, you can have that today. The good news is God's already offered the free gift of salvation through His Son, Jesus, that anyone who would believe in Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life. You can step into a new life today if you're ready. Just say this prayer. Dear Father God, forgive me of all sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin, and rose from the dead. Be my Lord in Jesus' name. If you said that prayer for the first time, you are entering into the kingdom of God now. You're in eternity. Get into a great Bible-believing church. God bless you.